Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique. And your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. already this is good we're usually in we're usually in my front room and nobody's clapping except (laughs) up here (laughs) and now it's for real ladies welcome i just said ladies we'll welcome the gentlemen too all right you got me ladies and gentlemen welcome to the very first drunk women solving crime live (laughs) oh Oh, we love you. I'm not worried about you at all. I was afraid you'd be like, hello, we're very English. And uh, we're just going to get quiet. Although saying this might make you go quiet. Thank you so much for coming along. It's, it's, it's so American to start a show by being a little bit sentimental. But honestly, we thought of this silly idea. We were sitting in a pub. Would you believe it? We had a great, <laughs> great title that Katie had been holding on to for like 10 years. I don't know what this is, but it's going to be something. And we just couldn't have imagined that in such a short amount of time that so many people would listen to it and then we get a response, so thank you. We are all writers. We're used to rejection. <laughs> so this feels kind of nice. Thank you. Um, so uh, I'm Taylor Glenn. I'm going to be hosting this first episode. Uh, so I would like to introduce my sidekicks here. We've got Hannah George to my left. Hello. <laughs> and to my right, we've got Katie Wilkins. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> 
Uh, so what is Drunk Women Solving Crime? Guys, this is where Uzo meets organized crime. It's where moonshine meets money laundering. And it's where limoncello meets lethal injections. It's a true crime podcast with a twist of lime. <laughs> We uh, solve listener crimes at the end of every, every episode, and tonight we get to solve some audience crimes. Now, for the first one, uh, we asked on Twitter for you to send your crimes in. Thank you. We have someone in the audience who has sent in their crime. And if that's not incentive enough, you get a prize. You get your very own bottle of Unicorn Tears Gin. <laughs> Thank you so much to Firebox for sending us all the Unicorn Tears Gin. We will enjoy all of it. Um, great. Well, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest for this episode. It is the comedian, author, all-around legend, Jenny Eclair. <laughs> 38 years in show business, it comes to this. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> Hello, the Pleasant Theatre and the podcast people. It's all very newfangled. <laughs> Anyway, I bought a notebook. I'm really excited about this. I love this <laughs> podcast. I think most of them are rubbish, by the way. But, oh, people just go on, don't they? Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> this has got content and a narrative. <laughs> so I bought my notebook. I love that you brought a notebook. Yeah, this is serious. And you joke that it's come to this, but hello, this is a velour tablecloth. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, we've pulled out some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, thank you so much for being here. You know, my our job really is to act like this is no big deal. Like, yeah, Jenny Claire is here, whatever. This is just what we do. But like inside of my head, it's just like Jenny Claire yeah. sat in that chair. She's right over there. Hey. I can only let you down. <laughs> What's gonna happen if you if we get a guest that's like got a name that doesn't rhyme with anything, like Jason Orange, for example? <laughs> he wouldn't be he wouldn't be invited on, would he? Because he's a bloke. Jason Orange. <laughs> right, Jenny. Oh, my minge, my minge is hey, everything that rhymes with go. orange. My minge. <laughs> that's that sorted then. <laughs> anyway, come on. I like how you said that like it's a gang member, like my minge. <laughs> I got up to some trouble with my minge. My minge. Oh, when you get to my age, the minge is the most troublesome part of the body. I can never decide whether it's the minge or the feet that give me the most jip. But anyway, it's not a medical show, oh, it's I a see. crime show. I thought, you meant that <laughs> I thought you meant that you couldn't tell them apart. <laughs> I was like, oh. Jenny, can you kick us? Can you kick us right off and let us know? Have you ever been the victim? I have crime? sat both sides of crime. <gasps> I have committed yes. and been committed against. I'm very. I think I'm quite gullible and stupid. I, well, when <laughs> I was uh, committing crime, I was. What a did very, you do? Oh, I was a shoplifter. Okay. It took me a long time to grow out of it. To be quite honest. What was, ages were you shoplifting? Well, I started when I was about twelve. I was very short-sighted, very clumsy shoplifter. It took me a long time <laughs> to grow out of stealing money from my mother's purse as well. Wow. I think I was about 43. <laughs> <laughs> and she'd just leave it there. And I think, well, you're just leaving it there. Obviously, I'm going, oh, look, there's a little fiver. I'll just have that. <laughs> anyway, don't tell her. <laughs> um, so, yes, crimes that have been committed against me. Well, I, on daily basis, I mean, people rob off me all the time. I'm, I'm robbed against, you know, people take jobs I should have. I watch the television. <laughs> And I think, what's he doing? Hosting an afternoon chat show or a quiz show? That should be my job. I'd like that job, nice little sit-down afternoon job. That's my kind of job. And then I buy things, stupid things on the internet, don't I? So 
the, the, this is my latest crime that was committed against me. Do come in, you're quite Ooh. late. <laughs> <laughs> She's quite late in a very noisy coat. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be mortified. <laughs> a latecomer in a noisy coat. I'd have shed my coat on the steps, I really would. Anyway, <laughs> we're talking about this. OK, so I... I, 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 you can either have this garment, which is my evidence that I've bought, or you can have my carjacking tail. Carjacked by knife point. Anyway, I'll quickly <gasps> do this. We need both of those tails. I think we can fit that into... OK, right. I love so, that. I've got a dress. Do do OK, <laughs> well, the, this, right. I bought this off. It's not good podcast material, this. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll take a photo, no, we'll take okay, a photo right, of it, don't okay, we? Well, what's it was? You're the first I, guest to bring I'm evidence. Very, yeah, I love this. this. Very stupid woman. I thought... Uh, something popped up on my Instagram, and it looked like a pink, dusty pink linen smock, caftan smock, with heavy embroidery all down the front, down the yoke. And I thought, well, that is a glorious thing. And, you know, not too clingy, good heavy linen. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this piece of shit turned up. Well, you can fit... Now, la la lady with the crinkly coat, now you can feel that quite... <laughs> well, I, and I just... And obviously, I thought, well, I'll send it back, I'll get the money back. It was about 38 quid. And, of course, wow. there was no resend address or anything. I was done. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen... Yeah, I am a daft woman at once, right? I lent a, a lady cab driver 500 quid for IVF. What? Yeah. what? Wait, yeah, I'll, I'll say it for all of us. What? <laughs> what, Jimmy? <laughs> Listen, I don't know wow. how it happened. <laughs> I, don't, I hadn't even drunk a drop, but anyway, she spanned me this story. Oh. And I mean, oh. if anybody wants this top, by the way, <laughs> I'm, I really don't want to take it back home with me tonight. <laughs> Actually, I might, I might use that again for something else. Who knows? I might be on another <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Are you allowed to recycle material? <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, yeah, anyway, I'd lent this woman 500 quid for, uh, so she could have a baby. And, uh, and, and I never saw where, a penny where, where of that. Where did you get this cab? From my house in Camberwell. Camberwell? Yeah. A Cam Camberwell cab driver said, oh, by the way, I want to have IVF. Have yeah. you got 500 quid? It was a slightly longer car journey that, from, than that. It was from Camberwell <laughs> to the Oval. By the time she got, we were halfway, to, I was crying in the back of the car because she spammed me the story. Wow. I should have known good. That, uh, that she was a con artist because Joe Brand always, because she used to live around the area as well. Yeah. Uh, she's done it now. She's done very well for a second. <laughs> Guess where I am still? I'm still in SE5. Oh, it's all gone horribly wrong. Anyway, <laughs> Joe, when she was living in Camberwell, she used to refer to the Camberwell cars as the Camberwell liars. Wow. And so I should have known. Anyway, so then I, and then I was carjacked as well by Knife Point. Yeah, tell us about that. Well, that, <laughs> I had this car, right, and I was picking our Phoebe up. Now, Phoebe's 29 now, and this must have been about 22 years ago, and she's about seven. Hey, I did the math, as you would say. <laughs> Taylor and um, <laughs> she um, she was at a kids party right and uh, it was in Battersea and um, she had some homework that I had to do obviously <laughs> because I, I have control issues <laughs> and um, <laughs> I love a project you know when your kid gets a project and you think yes yes I'm going to spend the entire weekend making a Tudor Manor house <laughs> 
I cannot wait. So anyway, it had to be a project about a, a, a oh dead person. So I thought, Princess Diana. Princess Diana. Oh my so, God, that would have been like the year she died. <laughs> like, I'm almost the same age as your daughter. And I'm like, no, was it 97? Like she died in 97? Yeah, she died in 97. Yes. Oh yes, it was quite <laughs> Anyway, maybe the project was recently dead put. Anyway, so I got... I, I got How macabre is that for her primary school? <laughs> Has anyone got a grandma that hasn't made it? <laughs> I bought to this book, and, and it was in the boot of my car, and I was waiting for her to finish this party, and um, I thought, oh, I'm a bit bored, so I'll go and read the Princess Diana book. So I'm ready to do the project. And... Um, and by, so I went to my boot, got the book, got back in the car, and there was a man sat in my passenger seat. Wow. Wow. He was ever so good looking. <laughs> went, well, hello. <laughs> slow, really slow. And then I, I looked down and I thought, why has he bought a potato peeler into my car? Oh, and suddenly I realised no. it wasn't a potato peeler, it was a flashing blade, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> a flashing blade. And he said, give me your car keys or else I'll slash you. Oh, Jesus. And I thought, no, I'm not having that. <laughs> And I had my keys in my hand because I've just opened my boot. So I ran. I, r I got out of the car and I ran wow. to the, the, the house where the party was. Oh. And I was in a massive panic and I had this massive gold ring on. And I put my fist <gasps> through the door. You know, one of those Victorian... <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. So there's this party of seven-year-olds and they're all... <laughs> They're all dancing to steps or whatever it was in your day. And then they see, all they can see is a fist coming through the thing. They turn around, the knife-wielding maniac is coming up the garden path. Oh my oh God. And then somebody's about to open the door. So the knife-wielding maniac can then be in the house with the seven-year-olds. I've made a mess of this, haven't oh I? Oh my God. So then he's going to throw the keys. And I threw the keys and he caught them. Uh, That's kind of cool. Which was kind of like eighties yeah, movie. Was you know, it's one, of the, one of those things where he went, "Oh, damn it! <laughs> you caught the keys." And he was in my car, and I was so angry. I chased him then, and he stalled the car, and I thought, "You fucking idiot! You can't even drive it." Because my mum, my mum's old pounder, you know, it wasn't anything much. And I start, I tried to kick the windscreen in. I got, I got wow. into kicking glass mode now. So I was like, going like that. Right. Trying to kick the windscreen in. But I just had pumps on, it was useless. And he just drove off. And then oh they God. caught him, get this, right? Wow. They caught him. And I went for a lineup at Brixton Nick. Guess what? I got the wrong bloke. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, got away with it. Got scot free. Yeah, can't be How trusted. How do you know me. you got the wrong bloke? Because they told me afterwards. Scott told me. I said, was it him? Was it him? I know it was him. I know it was him. I saw him. I saw him. He went, yeah, he picked the wrong man. Oh. But how do they know who did it though? Because they they know. <laughs> oh, he had form. They'd be, he'd been caught in the car. The, every, oh, okay. Also, yeah. it's like a lineup is like you have the one guilty guy and four guys that yeah, look a bit yeah, like him. Yeah, like and it's not like four guys that could have done it, which is really nice. Like I love that. That's what you think a lineup is. Yeah. <laughs> and he had a distinguishing feature. <laughs> that's my bad. <laughs> he had a distinguishing feature. So he had a mole on his cheek, but they covered it up with a plaster, and there are all these. Why boys. did they do that? Because he can't say that's the fella just because he's got the mole on his cheek. But that's... Well, like... I'm thinking about this now, thinking that's how it should have been, but yeah. it wasn't. They all had a plaster on their cheek. Maybe yeah. they had the plasters on the cheeks just as, like... Because that used to be sort of a gang symbol. Maybe it was like my minge, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
You just want to use my minge over and I over did, again. I did, I did, it's true. <laughs> so th those are my, that's, I'm scraping the surface there. They're some I'm of mine. I'm so sorry that you got that awful crimes. shirt. Oh. <laughs> 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 it's really... Yes, that, that, that was the, the one that caused me the most trauma, well, of did. course. <laughs> now, one thing that we always ask is, uh, if this person, if this perpetrator were here, what would you say to them? Well, I'd hang him by his testicles. <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, words wouldn't really, would be meaningless. <laughs> so, like, in this, you're hanging them by their testicles, how do you imagine it? Because I imagine it's sort of like, he's there, and then he's sort of quite beautifully sort of laying back, and he's being hung by his testicles. Like, how yeah, do he's going to have a really serene face. Yeah, <laughs> just like, I'm, how do you picture it? I picture it ugly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And then do you say anything to him when he's upside down? Well, like I might. I, I think I'd be, no. I think it'd be quite good to force he feed him the Princess Diana book, wouldn't it? <laughs> so yeah. like that, just page by page. Oh, yeah. I like this. I like this. Eat That's homework. Like That's this. kind of a new art project in itself. <sighs> You've made me realize we have to ask more than what would you say. It's like what would you do or say? Yeah. Yeah. I was like I don't want to talk. I Which just body part would you string them up from? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. Jenny, thank you so much. That, yeah, that is a was good amazing. way to kick us off. <laughs> right, are we ready to get into the true crime section? Yes. 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 Podcast. Actually, yeah. Okay, we, you guys. Oh, does yeah, anyone refill wanna... as you want right. to? You guys, our case begins with a person. Are you riveted? Okay, person. Our case begins <laughs> with a person. You're writing it down. <laughs> Jenny's written person. <laughs> I've written person down and I've underlined it. <laughs> Since we're off, we're off. <laughs> Our case begins with a person who was born to a farmer and lived in a rural area. They showed early signs of criminal tendencies, mostly petty theft. And when they start their first job working for a local family, the thefts continue, resulting in termination of employment. Instead of taking another job, they continue stealing and eventually become a con artist. So one of our favorite questions to ask, just to test our unconscious bias, do we think this is a man or a woman? I would think it's a woman. I think yeah. it might be my Campbell cab art. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> we don't yeah. know what period this is. We don't. We don't, yeah. Well, I do. There you go. Okay. <laughs> I'd say woman. Okay. Any? Yeah, any I, th I think I would like that? it to be a woman because a woman con artist. Since I saw Ocean's Women, as we call it here, um, I think a, <laughs> a um, yeah, a female con artist. I can okay. really get behind. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna go Can man you? to be different, just to be different. Yeah. All right. It is indeed a woman. Ah. Wow. Born. I'm giving myself. I love that literally when the criminals <laughs> are women. <laughs> Jenny's, yes. Jenny's marking her up. We try so hard not to get on board with all of them. I don't know if you will get on board with this one, but we'll see, we'll see. Born Mary Harker, her first job was as a domestic servant. Mary soon marries a man uh, that she's only known for three weeks called Jason Bateman. What? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I read that wrong. <laughs> the star of Arrested Development. No wonder you'd marry him in three weeks. It's, <laughs> it's John Bateman. I'm John. sorry. <laughs> Could be a distant relative. I. Oh my God! What a Freudian slip. I'm so in love with Jason Bateman. Okay. <laughs> John Bateman. John Bateman works as a wheelwright. Uh, that's someone who builds and repairs wooden wheels. Uh, so Mary, now known as Mary Bateman, has four children with John. I love that you're taking notes, Jenny. <laughs> Absolutely love it. You brought evidence. You brought a notebook. She's a serious yeah. detective. She's a yeah, fucking yeah. detective. <laughs> I really wish I could do shorthand at this point. <laughs> 
Okay. Wait. So, four children with John, but they have to keep moving frequently because of Mary's criminal activities. The girl <gasps> just can't stop stealing. They move into a place called Marsh Lane where Mary starts working as a dressmaker, and John goes, phew. Doesn't last long, though. Okay, so where and when? Let's start with when. What time period are we Wooden wheels. About? Wooden wheels. Dressmakers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who lives in a time like this? <laughs> <laughs> Katie, it's over to you. I'm, I don't know. I'm going to go 1880. You're going to say the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I go 1884. Oh, good guess. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go similarly, okay. just before the turn of the century. So eight, late 1800s. Yeah. Like Victorian. Victorian. Or like oh, the Isle of Wight oh. now, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Jenny, you are you are just spot on. Um, all of this is happening uh, right around the turn of the century into 1800. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mary was actually born in 1768. They moved to Marsh Lane in 1799. Now, um, any guess about where we are? What country are we in? Say some of the names of the places again. Marsh Lane. So there's marshes. And there's a wheelwright. Suffolk. <laughs> Dressmakers. Suffolk. Ooh, you're going very specific. They're, very, they're peculiar in Suffolk. <laughs> <laughs> all the lowlands, all the flatlands. Any other oh, ideas? Yeah. Okay. I feel like it's Norfolk. I'm going Norfolk, sorry. Ooh. I'm rivals with Jenny. Right. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm prepared to agree that you could be right. <laughs> I think I'm saying American because you're American. <laughs> you saying it in your voice, so <laughs> I would make an incredible detective. It, it just sounds really American. <laughs> Thanks for making me feel a little bit at home. We are in England. We are Ooh. in England. Um, we're actually in Leeds. Oh, oh, oh I'm yeah. closer. Mad. <laughs> oh my God. Coming up on ITV, it's the folk wars. <laughs> if you'd said he was a wheelwright. <laughs> And she were a dressmaker. Yeah. Then we'd have known. Oh, don't don't worry. You'll all hear me trying to do the accent in a moment. Um, (laughs) Not content with working as a dressmaker, Mary begins working as a con artist, which allows her to swindle people more easily without getting caught stealing, the punishment for which is hanging. Question, how do we think she cons people? What is her game? Jenny? She says she's going to make them a party frock. And they give her... (laughs) They give her all the money for the party frock, for all the stuff and ribbons and gigaws, and she runs off with the money. That is a very good good guess based on the evidence. Anything else? Any other ideas? Oh, she goes around to their houses, right, for a dress fitting, (laughs) and she steals all the silver. (laughs) (laughs) She's great. I love Mary. <laughs> the thing that whenever I've done research for like cases and stuff, cases from around this area, if you've got a female uh, con artist, a lot of the time it's promising a guy some sexy time and mm. then he'll take his clothes off. You steal the clothes. Mm. It's proper like cartoonish. <laughs> and then you run off with them and you're like, give me 20 quid and you can have your clothes back. Ooh. So I think it's that. Yeah. Nice. I like all these I like that someone went, yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It actually, here's a hint, it had to do with the beliefs at the time around health and wellness. Oh, it's some kind of medicine. So guys, this is the case of Mary Bateman, a.k.a. the Witch of Yorkshire. Witch, witch. Very well-known case, although I knew fuck all about it, so let's do this. (laughs) Mary begins making money by telling people that she possesses... Magical uh, powers. Magical powers, supernatural powers, and the ability to heal with various spells and potions. She's 
basically the Gwyneth Paltrow of her time. <laughs> <laughs> she makes money fortune-telling and selling her potions, some of which are thought to have poisoned the customers. Specifically, it's believed that Mary poisoned two Quaker sisters who lived above their drapery shop in St. Peter's Square in Quarry Hill, Leeds. Oh, the yeah, rivals, if they're doing dressmaking, I too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You call that dusty pink? <laughs> dead. <laughs> Although Mary was questioned about their death, she replied, ah, they caught the bubonic plague. That's and a great excuse in those days. Oh, yeah. you could the fuck you wanted. No. <laughs> Let's just imagine a time where that's a credible alibi. Yeah. Like, they got the plague. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. a lot of stab wounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Still. like plaguey ones. Yeah. <laughs> the plague will win that out every time. Um, question, did she get away with these crimes of poisoning the Quaker sisters? I think she got away with those two silly sisters. Yeah. Plaguey sisters. <laughs> silly sisters. <laughs> yeah, those she stupid did. Quaker yeah. bitches. Yeah. <laughs> that was the phrase I was after. <laughs> See, Jen, we like to pull quotes from the episodes and put them online. The stupid, like, like, stupid Quaker, Quaker bitches. bitches. Jenny Eclair. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny is Team Mary. She's very Team, team Mary. Mary. Are you Team Mary, Katie? Uh, I'm not yet decided. Do not I have to decided. pick now? No, you don't. I just wondered if you had a certain feel. Are you Team Mary? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't like home homeopathy now, <laughs> which I feel is quite sort of mm. a bit like this. Do you know what I mean? In terms of her sort of having her... I, I'm very into all that. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah. yeah, muck and magic. <laughs> muck and magic. You can muck and magic me anytime you like. <laughs> yeah. I'll take a potion. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> she does get away with the crime. Of course she gets away with this one. And she loots their house and takes all their shit. Of really? Course. Oh. Wow. Of course. Now, Mary was also very skilled at creating hoaxes in... <laughs> Sorry, I really like this part. <laughs> in 1806, she staged a spectacle which became known as the Prophet Hen of Leeds, which was a chicken that laid eggs that foretold the end of days. <laughs> Mary would charge the villagers to come and witness the hen laying eggs, and upon each egg that <laughs> would emerge from the hen was written, Christ is coming. <laughs> wow. Like Easter just got fun again. <laughs> Christ is coming. God. I feel like she should have been a great. little bit. She, that, I love this. I really yeah. do. But like write it in Latin or something. Like don't be so like, Christ is coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So wait, so the, the the chicken had the eggs and then she like got a biro out and was like, Christ is... Oh, well, this is the question. The villagers believed that doomsday was on its way and you kind of would. No one could read apart from her. How do they know what this says? Could have said, this is a very nice egg. I think that's why <laughs> she wrote she wrote in bubble letters, <laughs> Christ is coming. Um, my question is, how did she manage to get a hen to lay eggs that said Christ is coming? Cause it magic, because she was magic. She was a witch. <laughs> Were you not listening? Like, <laughs> you would have died so quickly in the 17th century, Jenny. You'd just be like straight up dead. <laughs> right, I've got to think about this one. So Byro Pen, no Byros, but, but... Did she write it in their own shit? I mean, but like, magic it's like, I'm just, shit. I'm, that was genuinely supposed to be like a clever answer. It's gotta answer. be like a sleight of hand trick, right? Because you can't put an egg back up a chicken. <laughs> God knows she's tried. <laughs> so she would have a, a, like a prepared egg. Yes, of course. And be, swap it out. It'd be under the nest. Yeah. Dig deep in the nest. Yeah. And then she'd written some in ash. Yeah. The, the Christ is coming. 
in the, in the words like, Christ is coming. <laughs> so I support this. You can't shove a, an egg back up a chicken. Can't you, Katie? <gasps> can't you? No! Remember, this is Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> She's shoving stuff up all over the place. Vegan I everything. said ninjas were always trouble. Ninja <laughs> feet. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. And if you're enjoying this live edition of Drunk Women Solving Crime, then why not come to a live show yourself? The next one is on the 6th of December 2018 at the Pleasance Theatre in London. And special guests for that night will be Susie Ruffle. And back by popular demand, it's London Hughes. And you could win a bottle of Unicorn Tears gin worth £40. Thanks very much to Firebox for sending those. Now, let's get back to this episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime. And I think we're just about to find out if you can put an egg back up inside a chicken she wrote on the eggs in acid and then she would put them back up the overduct of the hen i can't believe i was so naive (laughs) (laughs) yeah i bet you feel stupid now katie i thought she wrote them in their own shit of course you could (laughs) she's got a vivid imagination this one hasn't she (laughs) I mean, I'm with you now, Jack. I really like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Detectives. Detectives. There was an incident for which Mary became best known, even even bigger than the Jesus chicken. God. <laughs> Pay attention. I've got a new Edinburgh show. I've decided. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a new oh character. Oh, my God. That poster. <laughs> I'm, I am Mary Bateman. <laughs> Go on. What's she do now? Oh, my God. Pay attention. <laughs> There's literally a quiz later. All right. Oh, Jenny's going to win the quiz. <laughs> now, this involved a couple called William and Rebecca Perigo, who lived in Bramley. Rebecca had been suffering from a fluttering in the chest and psychological problems, so she had reported these to a Dr. Kersley, uh, who said he couldn't help her, of course. <laughs> um, such a Dr. Kersley thing to do. <laughs> 
but she explained to him that she was haunted by a black dog and other spirits. And uh, Rebecca's niece suggested that she go to Mary to rid her of the spirits. So they meet outside a pub <laughs> called the Black Dog. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. What a slap in the face. What a way to start. Like, my, my sister-in-law is having hallucinations about a black dog. Like, well, then let's meet at the Black Dog. <laughs> That's just not good bedside manner, Mary. It could have been that. <laughs> good job it wasn't the hen and chickens. That would be from uh, it's, it's like that thing You'd of like, whatever you're scared of, do it. Pee into the wind. Climb the ladder. <laughs> Pee into the wind. <laughs> Maybe not that one. But like. You know, I'm like, so scared of being into the like, wind. If you're, if you're scared. Aversion therapy. Aversion therapy. Yes, aversion, aversion therapy. Aversion thank therapy. you. Like yeah. with spiders and stuff. So it's like start the pub with the black yeah. dog. She's In vivo she, exposure, she's, baby. That makes her a good witch. Yes. No, I can see. I see what you're saying. Like, don't yeah. fear the black dog. It's just a pub. They do a great <laughs> gammon. Yeah. Okay. Part of how Mary maintained an air of credibility was that she claimed to have these elder advisors, one of whom she named Mrs. Moore. So she would tell the customers that Mrs. Moore was overseeing all her practices and advising on all the potions and that the money and that the money was mostly going to her. Um, for Rebecca, she invented a brand new advisor that she called Mrs. Blythe. Mary claimed that Mrs. Blythe needed one of Rebecca's undergarments to be able to tell what was wrong with her. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No. Yeah. Mary turned taken a turn. If she's capable of putting eggs back up a chicken, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I Do feel like this, this might be Mr. Blythe who's asked for that. I know, I feel like <laughs> it all really went a little bit 16 candles, didn't it? Um, <laughs> Mary's creepy teenage boy phase. Uh, so William <laughs> sends a petticoat, which makes it kind of less sexy. You're like, well, that's a lot of fabric. Um, <laughs> she starts writing letters from Mrs. Blythe and mailing them from Scarborough, uh, which instruct the paragos to do increasingly elaborate things to ward off the spirits, including pinning bags containing guinea notes and gold coins to their bedposts. And she sends the money to them and the bags. Um, and she also instructs them to nail two horseshoes to the floor. Um, after reading each leather, leather letter from Mrs. Blythe, I even have giant font, but it, it just gets <laughs> hard to read. After reading each letter from Mrs. Blythe, they were instructed to burn the letters. Um, then Mrs. Blythe starts asking them to send various items to help in Rebecca's healing. For instance, a set of bedclothes, a tea set with some tea and sugar. It's like a generation game. Just a cuddly toy. <laughs> Color telly. <laughs> Gonk. And this poor couple just keeps sending whatever Mrs. Blythe Aww. asks for to Mary because she needs them. Like, what are we out of? Flour. We need flour. Send some. <laughs> what do you want to make? Yeah. So she's ripping them off left, right, and center. Finally, Mrs. Blythe sends them a letter warning them that they are both going to fall ill and that Mary will be sending half a pound of honey with a recipe for a pudding that they must both eat. The instructions specify that they must make the pudding every day. They must not share it with anyone else. And if there's any left over, they should destroy it. This is getting very Stephen King, The Shining. It's so, <laughs> I know. Oh, it's, it's poisoning. Poison pudding. Yeah, poison pudding. <laughs> <laughs> they got the Jenny. God. <laughs> it's weird, like, I would definitely still eat it. Like, 100%, 100%. <laughs> oh, you will love this. And I thought of, I thought of you when I typed this, Hannah. <laughs> because, so they make up the pudding, they follow the recipe, and William has a few bites, and he's like, no, I can't eat this, this is terrible. And Rebecca's like, eh, and she eats all of it. <laughs> 
and I was like, yeah, yeah. Hannah George. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've just like, after like we record, we'll tend to burn a pizza and no one will eat it and I will eat it. That's essentially <laughs> where that comes from. Yeah. And I'm a greedy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing you under a bus, but like I'm already under that bus binge eating, so it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, so poor Rebecca eats it all. Uh, Rebecca, what happens to Rebecca? She dies. She dies. <laughs> Rebecca dies from all the poison pudding. Uh, but William gets ill, does not die, much to Mary's chagrin, and his doctor suspects that Rebecca was poisoned. Now, William is hesitant to believe this at first, of course. He doesn't want to admit that they've been swindled all this time, but he checks out the bags that are hanging from the bedposts. He opens them up, and he finds that the guinea notes and the gold coins have been replaced at some point with cabbage leaves Ooh. and copper coins. So at some point, when Mary was in the house, she took her money back. Wow. And replaced it with cabbage. It must have been really smelly in there that they didn't notice. <laughs> like cabbage. Well, you could blame it on the plague, so it's going to be <laughs> smelly. That smelly old plague. <laughs> creepy, right? Yeah. Very creepy. Especially because yeah. I'm speaking in so to get her arrested, William arranges a meeting with Mary under the pretense of needing a potion for himself. Mary agrees, and she shows up with a bottle of tonic, which contains oatmeal and arsenic. But William has a trick up his sleeve. He's only gone and brought Constable Driffled with him. <laughs> hey! Seriously! Yes. These are the facts of the case. What's his name again? Constable Driffled. Yes! William, I love William. Like he's dumb enough to mail his wife's pants to a witch, <laughs> but he's smart enough to pull off a sting he's, operation. He's got, a, he's got a line. He's got a line. I love this. I so, feel like Constable Driffold is just him, like wearing a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> hello, 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 Constable Driffold. <laughs> That's quite enough, Mary. Mm. Okay. Mary's arrested and she's charged immediately with the murder of Rebecca Perigo and she's tried in front of a judge, one Sir Simon LeBlanc. <laughs> Simon <What>? LeBlanc! <laughs> do, you do you remember that video they did? <laughs> <laughs> Her name is Rio. <laughs> <laughs> Everything connects. <laughs> I love it. In uh, in York Castle, this is where this went down. Okay, sleuthers, this is this is this is the end of our case. So I need you to really use your noggins. There were three main bits of evidence which led to Mary's conviction. I've given you all the details you need to come up with this. What were the three bits of evidence? Uh, a cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, acid I'm eggs. A little bit. A acid eggs. No acid eggs. Eggs eggs were a separate thing. The nighty, the arsenic. Yes. Well, arsenic is what got her arrested, but okay. what else? Mm. What else was suspicious? Hannah, what did you eat? What did you eat all of? Oh, I ate all that pudding. <laughs> was there, was there bits of the pudding? She told them to destroy it, and they didn't. They didn't. <gasps> Ooh. This was the main thing that got her uh, convicted. There was still honey left in the Perigo's house from the puddings, uh, so they tested it, and they discovered mercuric chloride which was consistent with the symptoms William and Rebecca displayed, mercury poisoning, ah. basically. Um, now, we talked about some letters. They were meant to destroy oh, the letters. Oh, they didn't burn the letters. They didn't burn them, they didn't. 
Yeah. This is really how detectives get trained. A <laughs> <laughs> like, little bit more. <laughs> Come on, Angela, what did <laughs> I say? <laughs> they were meant to destroy them. They didn't. But oh. they didn't, Jenny. Oh. <laughs> Jenny, they, they did should have not. gone down for that. <laughs> so what did they do? What did they do to analyze these letters from Mrs. Blythe? Do you remember? Handwriting experts. Yes! <laughs> Jenny and Claire, and the woman in the audience. <laughs> I just said, handwriting. <laughs> and you're bloody right, yeah. you're right. You know, it takes, it takes a village to solve a crime that's already been solved. <laughs> Three, 300 some years old. Was it just that her handwriting was consistent with the letters? It was, yeah, so they looked at Mary's handwriting, they saw that Mrs. Blythe had the same handwriting. Also, do you remember where Mrs. Blythe was sending the letters from? Is that Scarborough? Yes. <laughs> Was there a Mrs. Blythe in Scarborough? Jenny? No, no, there was not a Mrs. Blythe. <laughs> no, I genuinely oh. they went through the yellow pages. No. <laughs> Phone book. I'm a little bit worried. Jenny genuinely thinks there's a job at the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pitching a drama where uh, an el- a middle-aged stand-up female comic is also a copper. <laughs> solves crimes. She's got some problems as well, obviously, because all oh, telecoppers yeah. have. I've got problems with my minch. <laughs> I would I've watch decided. that show. I would. <laughs> oh, I would. It's a very different thing because I was thinking of Fargo and she's like, oh, carrying quite a load here. And like, it would be just like the British equivalent of that. I love that. Like, oh, my minch. Oh. I'm just. <laughs> I Can't need half a day off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying so hard to think of like a pun of a vagina and a TV show that's like, can anyone think of one? Like, and I can pretend I said it and we edit it out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, oh, oh, who is there? There's a touch of mint would be very nice. Very well done. (laughs) It sounds like a beverage. (laughs) I've got one touch of mint. A bum, which would be ballycus anal, which would be quite good. (laughs) Which one? CSI my fantasy. We will accept That's CSI my fantasy. Okay, Amanda, I've okay, just I'm said. Not. Oh, guys, <laughs> what if it's CSI okay. my fam, my arms? Oh, so I <laughs> <laughs> so will cut this whole bit. Right. Katie, you were right about the cabbage and all of the other things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> not just the cabbage. Um, but yeah, they, they looked through Mary's stuff and they saw that she had swindled them out of all yeah. this stuff. So that was enough to convict her. Well done, you guys. You could have been the prosecutors. <sighs> Yay, they'd let women we do solved that. it. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, just a quick fun fact. Sorry, because I got to do the wrap up. I got I to gotta tell you what happened. Mary's convicted and she's sentenced to hanging. She immediately cries and tries to get out of it. How? <laughs> How does she get out of it? She doesn't, but she tries. She, she, she cries. She cries and says, Yes, she okay. says that she's pregnant. Oh, oh my God, honorary drunk woman over there. <laughs> she you, does. You're not allowed to you hang, can't a hang a pregnant woman. Is she pregnant? No. no. <laughs> I've definitely no. said I'm pregnant to get out of stuff. Of course before. she wasn't pregnant. Hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, had Jenny given her five hundred quid? No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so she's hung. Right. Another crime solved. Woo. So okay. Now we've come to the end. We have a listener crime that we were sent. Um, God, I hope the person's actually here. Wouldn't that suck? Do we have um, somebody by the name of D in here? D? D? Yeah. D? 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 Hello? Hey, 
Hi. Hi, D. You were you were like, I don't really want to do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Would you mind coming up and actually reading your crime? Yeah. Uh, so it was a few years ago. I was walking along the Thames path to work, uh, and this kid cycles up to me, holding a beer bottle like above his head, and <laughs> waves it at me and says, "Give me your money." So I said, "Yeah, sure." And I, uh, <laughs> I got my wallet out, and obviously there was no money in it because I was really poor. And so um, I said, "I'm really sorry. I don't have any money." And he said, "Okay, give me your phone instead." Um, and I said, "Yeah, okay, sure." Would it, <laughs> would, would it be okay if I took the SIM card out of it? <laughs> and he said, okay, fine. And so I tried, I tried to get the SIM card out, and, um, and I couldn't. It was stuck. And I was like, I'm, s I'm so sorry that I'm, I'm, I'm not doing this like deliberately. The SIM card is stuck. <laughs> and he said, give it here. So I, I gave him the phone, and he tried to get it out. He couldn't get it out either. <laughs> Like, he was like, okay. Uh, he, and then he said, um, sometimes it helps if you jiggle like a key under it. And so he gave it back to me. And I was like, oh, okay, great. So I got the key. And it still wouldn't come out. We were still stuck. And we were there, like, trying. Both of us were trying for, like, a minute to, to do it. And eventually some other people were walking down the Thames path kind of towards us. And so he just said, oh, forget it. And, like, <laughs> The best crime story. <laughs> oh. Wow. <laughs> oh, thank you, D. You that have earned that gin. You know what the best part is? We're overrunning, but that crime just solved its fucking self. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's like done. modern day raffles, isn't it? That's Amazing. what raffles would have done. Amazing. It solved itself. I yeah. feel like that's all we need. Yeah. Do you have a hot take on it, Jenny? What do you think? Well, well I just think he's a, a gentleman criminal. I lo <laughs> lovely. What lovely matter. I say, I don't mind being mugged. If someone comes up and taps you on the shoulder and says, excuse me, darling. <laughs> you know. I, I'm just going to take everything, but you know, save you the sim, as you say, sim card, <laughs> and you know, a fiver to cheer yourself up later and all. <laughs> Do it nicely. If you're going to mug, mug nicely. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> what a good note to end on, uh, Jenny. <laughs> oh my God, you've been amazing. Thank you so much That's to Jenny. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much, <laughs> Jenny. Just one, just one last thing. Is there, uh, what are you up to? Is there oh, anything you'd like to plug? Absolutely nothing. I'm massively unemployed at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Why I can do fun things. Do you know, I haven't held a handheld microphone for so long. It's exhausting. I need a, <laughs> I'd need a mic caddy these days. Okay. I have yeah. an over the ear myself. Uh, no, I'm writing a book. I'm in Perda. I'm in book Perda until about oh. March. And then the novel should come out next. Ooh. Fifth novel, love, fifth. Are you allowed to tell us the name? No. No, no. <laughs> okay. All Publishers right. don't like it. Don't like <laughs> That's fine. I'm working Is it on my minge. <laughs> <laughs> now. <laughs> Absolutely would read. No, that's <laughs> <fine>. <laughs> That's Might just the dedication. The <laughs> <laughs> oh, you. Jenny, thank you so much, and thanks to you guys. <laughs> what a fun episode. <laughs> Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and on Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then please write it in that review and we'll solve it. Thank you so much to ACAST for hosting us and thank you for listening.
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs> 